You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. All right, I'm back. It's Friday, and that means it's time for another episode of the world's greatest podcast the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, and like that crazy guy says at the beginning, my name's Dan Johnson, most of you already know that, so let's cut to the BS, we got an awesome podcast today, and uh, we're going to be talking with a guy, his name is Joffrey, he's from Texas, and he's going to walk us through his transition from regular everyday camouflage to his current, I guess you want to say the trend is gear your hunting gear your hunting clothing that is designed you know like your sitkas of the world your kuyus of the world your your under armors of the world that are providing you not only a camouflage pattern but functional clothing that is designed to regulate you know body temperature or you know wick away moisture so forth and so on so uh joffrey's going to talk about uh, those three companies today and uh, kind of where he landed where he started and then where you know where he finished but uh so it's friday i don't want to do too much talking i want to get into the podcast but before we get into today's podcast. Let's see what Matt Klein from Exodus Trail Cameras has to say about their five-year warranty. Well, the first thing I'd say about our, you know, our five-year warranty is is that it's not one of those warranties where, unfortunately, like a lot of companies in this industry, in any industry for that matter, you call them up, you know, you have an issue with a product. And you kind of get the runaround about every other, you know, circumstance that could be at fault except for their product. So, you know, so many times I've called other camera companies back when I was using other products and, you know, they try to blame it on batteries or SD cards or give me the runaround about this or that. And, and it got so frustrating after a while that nobody would stand up for their products that that was a big part of what in a, what went into our five-year warranty. You know, our warranty, we like to call it a no BS warranty. So if you call us up at four years and 362 days, we're still going to take care of you no matter what. And that's our guarantee. So one is just having a warranty that actually means something and isn't just kind of a marketing tool was really big to us. But the reason that we're able to do that is because, uh, one, because of our direct-to-consumer model, which I'm sure we'll talk about more. Two would be the fact that we build our products 
to last and not to just turn around to get you through another year and then you can buy more products. We build them as tools instead of novelty items like a lot of companies unfortunately are still doing. When companies are in these big box retailers, everybody's fighting for the bottom dollar. Everybody wants to try to make a, a profit margin and there's a lot of different people trying to get their money out of, out of these products. So what happens is quality ends up getting driven down. And that's the number one most important thing to us here at Exodus is putting out products that we we're not going to lose sleep at over at night, you know, wondering if they're going to stand up to the test of time. And, and that's something we hang our hat on and we're very proud of. If you guys want to find out more information about the five-year warranty and other benefits of Exodus Trail Cameras, be sure to visit ExodusOutdoorGear.com. And when you decide to purchase your Exodus Trail Camera, enter the code at checkout, nine fingers. That's the number nine, followed by the word fingers, no spaces, and you will receive $20 off your order. That's pretty good. So there you have that. And now let's get into this week's product review podcast. All right. On the phone with me now is Joffrey Purrier, right? That's it. How are you doing, Okay. Good, good. I'm doing great. I I always get a little nervous when I'm trying to, you know, pronounce names that I haven't uh, in the past, haven't had a a chance to, uh, I guess, go over. But uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking time out to do this. Well, thank you very much for having me. Perfect. So I think uh, before we you know, start talking about the product review that we're going to be talking about today, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, tell us where you live, what do you do for a living, and uh, so on. Well, I uh, live in the Austin, Texas area, and I'm a criminal lawyer here in, uh, in Austin. Okay. So you, uh, you are a defendant, or you try to put the bad guys away? Well, uh, a little bit of both. Um, uh, no, I, uh, I put the, the bad guys away. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. I, uh, I, I used to watch, uh, some kind of show because I, I, uh, my wife used to watch some kind of, uh, court TV. She watches court TV all the time for some reason. So, you know, they got the plan okay. and, and all that stuff. And she, she, for some reason, she just really loves the law and legal. She should have obviously been a lawyer cause she beats me every time we argue. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that my wife still does at home anyway, so uh, it, it, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. So um, you live in Texas, and uh, you're a lawyer, right? So um, Correct. why don't you tell me a little bit, how, were you successful on your 2015 season? Well, uh, yes and no. Um, so I'm mostly... Uh, whitetail hunted my hunting career, I guess, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, just mostly whitetail hunted in and around kind of central Texas area. Uh, started branching out into Western hunts a couple of years back. And uh, this year, so last few years, started hunting in uh, New Mexico. Um, started off with, I guess, a quote unquote unsuccessful mule deer hunt in 2014. Saw some decent bucks uh, in bow range just not an animal I was really excited about taking um you know just didn't get that kind of visceral reaction it's a part of northeastern New Mexico that we were hunting in uh pretty low numbers of of muleys uh it's an area we just kind of hope to return to and just let them walk 
just to kind of help the population out. Um, but uh, this last year, hunted that same unit in New Mexico, hunting antelope. Uh, tried with my bow, but first time hunting speed goats, and their eyesight's just, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, the unit had a lot of rain, so just really hunting over a water hole was kind of out of the question. Uh, it was just strictly spot and stalk. Um, so it's only a three-day season in that part of New Mexico, and so I finally just left the bow behind, picked up the Southern Mag, and uh, eventually got it done. Oh, nice. uh, but it ended up being about a 60-yard shot. So I uh, was close to bow range, just uh, just couldn't get it done. So, nice. But I uh, got, a, got a pretty good pretty good antelope out of it. So um, is New Mexico, you've been doing some of your Western hunting in New Mexico just because it's, it's close to you or is there a specific reason you've decided to, you know, that New Mexico is the, uh, the place for you? My dad got a, uh, a lease. It's, I guess really just kind of some farm country, some cattle grazing, ground uh, kind of a friend of a friend knew uh, a cattle rancher up there that summered his cows up on top of a, a mesa out there and um, so they got on that property and it's uh, elk antelope mule deer some black bear but not a whole lot okay so uh elk i every time i hear people talk about new mexico and elk you know, it's, it's, I guess you want to call it, they consider New Mexico a trophy state. So you're going to run into a, you know, giant bulls in New Mexico. That's only from what I hear. Are there big, are, are there big bulls in that area where you're able to hunt? And if so, are you going to be able to, uh, uh, get a tag for them like either this upcoming year or, or some seasons in the future? I, I probably, I had a chance to pick up a tag and just didn't, couldn't get it sealed up. Uh, I am going out there, I guess the mule deer season starts, um, October 29th. And so I got there for that. It's a five day season. And so I'm, I'm going out there again this year, uh, just not, not for elk. So, but there, there are some, there's some big bulls. Uh, my dad's taken a, a pretty nice, I would put it in probably the 340 to 350 inch range so right. pretty good six point yeah right that sounds pretty pretty fun uh now on this mule deer hunt yeah go, on, on this mule deer hunt that you're going on is it uh is you're gonna go with a bow or a rifle i'm going with a bow okay going with a bow perfect perfect do you uh you have everything i mean is it the same area i mean do you over the over these years that you've been uh, going out west, have you found the areas that uh, you know you're starting to put the pieces of the puzzle together, so to speak? I am, and you know, I'll tell you as I guess kind of a flatlander. Um, so we live in the part of Texas called the Hill Country, and it's we definitely get quite a few hills in our area hunting um, whitetail. But I mean, as a relative flatlander going out in the mountains, it really is just a it's a different style of hunting and trying to put the pieces together. There's some carryover, I guess, from, from whitetails, but not a whole lot. And it's, I think I'm finally getting to the point where it's, I feel competitive, um, and have put together, you know, wind direction and, uh, you know, some of the thermals and, 
just really trying to put the pieces together for, for more spot and stock style hunting, and, which is just, it's completely different, but right. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's not looking like I'm going to be able to make it out West this year, but I am going 100% for sure. Barring any emergencies, of course, uh, next year. And, uh, just because some things didn't work out in my, uh, in my, uh, calendar this year so uh i mean sure. i just i don't know what it is about the west that just is so i mean i love whitetail hunting don't get me wrong and turkey hunting here in the midwest but when you when you step into almost like another planet it is it, it just it blows your mind not visually but i guess you think about it every day from the time you leave to the time you come back absolutely absolutely just the the landscapes uh just the environments that you find yourself in, it's unlike anything I've ever, I've ever seen. Right. So, and just so much more fun. I've, I've heard y'all talk about you know, being a, a participant in, in nature. Yeah. And it, it really is. Uh, I think you just notice things so much differently and so much more acutely, I guess, when you're, when you really are involved with everything that's going on. That's right. That's right. Well, we've kind of uh, veered off the path of this uh, this product review. I don't. I just like having conversations about places I've never been and and experiences Absolutely. that I've never really experienced. But we're going to talk about hunting gear, right? So we we've kind of had a little uh, conversation about hunting gear before, and what I mean gear, I mean clothing. Right. So there, there seems to be this kind right. of trend for away from just a camouflage pattern to gear that will keep you warm, keep you dry or, you know, keep you cool or, you know, all these things that, you know, these layering systems, you know, similar to to you and uh, similar to Sitka. And then we're going to talk about those today. But I'm just going to start off at the very beginning Um and that will be, when did you start thinking less about camo and more about the clothing and the comfortable, you know, being able to stay longer, that kind of aspect of your, your clothing gear? Probably 2013, I would say. Was there... Uh, that, that hunting season? Was there a trigger... You know, like, was it really cold or was it really warm or were you to the point where, man, this, this is just, isn't cutting it anymore. What was the trigger that made you start looking for alternate uh, forms of uh, clothing? It was probably uh, a little bit of, I guess, two different things. Um, so our part of central Texas, um, you know, like for instance, last year, November 13th, you know, middle of the rut, high was 64, low was 57. But then you compare to that to the same date, you know, November 13th, 2014, the year before that, talking about a high of 43, low of 28. Uh, so our part of, of Texas just has such a swing as far as weather goes. And, you know, you would just do the kind of old style your long johns, uh, a hooded sweatshirt on top of that, your big thick coveralls, you know, your, your walls, 
thick coveralls on top of that, and you might be comfortable for the first hour in the stand while it was still 28, but by the time it warmed up to 55, 60, 65 by 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, you know, you were just sweating and nothing, nothing to do about it. And I just figured out that there has to be a better system out there and um, started looking at, at different stuff that was on the market. Under Armour was something that I was familiar with just because of you know, athletic apparel and they had a hunting line. And so that's kind of where I started. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about that, you know, where you started. What companies originally were you looking at in 2013 when you're like, or for that 2014 season, when you decided to make that change or investment into this uh, new, this gear? I really didn't shop around too much. That's when I was um, still rifle hunting quite a bit. Um, There's just not that forgiving bow hunting season in Texas, like there is in a lot of parts of the, the Midwest, uh, I've switched more to bow hunting the past couple of years and started doing more Western hunts. And, um, so that's, I guess, changed my view of how I look at, at some of that gear as well. Mm-hmm. But just that initial purchase, I really didn't, really didn't shop around too much. It was just more being familiar with the Under Armour brand from okay. just athletic apparel and, and just going pretty much whole in with that. Okay. So what kind of products were you looking for? I mean, when you, when you, uh, decided, okay, well, I'm just going to go buy Under Armour because I'm familiar with the brand. What were, what were some of your first purchases that you made? I got the Aiton jacket and pants. Okay. And I think the Realtree extra pattern. Okay. So explain to that, explain to us a little bit about what the, what that pants and jacket were, what they were made out of, if you can remember and how they performed. Yeah, it was like this, uh, I mean, the, the fit I would say was overall a little baggy, especially compared to like the kind of QU and Sitka fit. Uh, it's a little more athletic. Um, I like the snugger fit for bow hunting now, uh, that was less of a concern for me then. Um, the material I would say was kind of like a soft shell exterior with like a Sherpa fleece lining to it. Um, and you would think, you know, something like that would be pretty warm, but I, I actually found it to be a little less warm than the, uh, the Sitka fanatic light jacket that I've gone to. Um, that's actually much thinner and warmer. Okay. So, so how many seasons then did you use your under armor? Just one, just one. Okay. So you, you had the pants and the jacket. Now, why did you decide to go away from under armor or were you looking to just add a different, you know, different layers to what you already had with that under armor gear? I just went a completely different route. I started, that was right around the time I started Western hunting a little bit more and, you know, something like that for, especially the spot and stock style hunt. It was just, it was a little bulky, a little impractical for something like that. I also started doing a little more research on some of the disruptive camo patterns. The, the Under Armour jacket and pants was in a, a real tree extra pattern. Uh, I mean, of course, no one really knows. Um, 
but I've, I guess just looking at some of the research that out there that is out there, I've come to rely a little bit more on like the the predator style disruptive pattern. Okay. Um, you know, they started it two decades ago, but I think Sitka, QU, and um, now I think even Under Armour yeah. have come out with some really effective, good looking, disruptive camo patterns. So um, I just started looking at it a little bit from that point of view, and just also the the fit of the of the gear itself okay so after you know after that season you know you had your under armor for a season and then you went into kuyu right correct correct so tell us uh tell us what you were looking for in in the kuyu i mean did you go and jump all in and do the entire system or did you buy a couple pieces here and there to to get you to where you were no, I bought a piece here and bought a piece there, you know, government salary being what it is. Um, you know, it was just kind of paycheck here. I pick up this, uh, puppy jacket, paycheck there, pick up some pants, paycheck here, pick up a Merino shirt. Um, and so just kind of pick it up one piece at a time. Okay. But I, I had a pretty good idea in my head beforehand of the, the system I wanted to create. So, Okay. So then you, what did you end up getting, uh, from to you? I got the Alpine pants, uh, the quarter zip Merino shirt, the guide vest, the, um, and halfway through this, they came out with their, uh, Teton line, which is, um, I guess they're kind of more budget conscious line okay, and, uh, less, less of the more expensive features of the premier line or the, the top end line, but, uh, still some of the, some of the materials. Um, and so I picked up the Teton puffy and the Teton soft shell. All right. So what did you end up paying for all that stuff? I would say probably, Close to a thousand. Okay, for everything. A thousand dollars for all that stuff. Okay, um, and that was over a period of how many months? Probably over four months. Four months. Okay. So was that then one of the first years you headed out west to uh, to go western hunting for you know while you were wearing it, that kuyu? Correct. Okay. Correct. So so the next thing is how did it perform while you were out there? What were the conditions? You know, like? I, I took it on, um, it's a Barbary sheep or an Audad and, uh, they're free range exotic sheep that have been transported. Um, and they've, I think the GIs brought them back after the war and they've just kind of flourished in Northwest Texas and Southern New Mexico for the last probably 60 years. Okay. Um, there have curved back horns the the big rams can probably weigh up to 250 pounds my dad turned 60 and this was a western hunt that i could afford on a government salary there's not much public land in texas so this was just like a a free range low fence um hunt um self-guided desert kind of high desert conditions i would say 
Um, we covered a lot of ground, lots of hiking, probably 30 miles over three or four days. Um, and it, I have to say it performed pretty well. Um, lots of thorny cactus type stuff and took the snags really well. Didn't get hung up in a lot of stuff. Didn't, uh, perform pretty well. Okay. So, I mean, from, from a comfortable standpoint, obviously you're hiking around, you put a lot of miles on the boots. Uh, did it, sure. did the clothing keep you dry? Did it keep you wet? Was it wicking moisture like they said it did? Uh, it wicked moisture pretty well. Um, uh, I figured out my preference was not for the Merino material. Um, you know, they, they advertise that it's, you know, cool in the heat, warm in the, in the cool. Uh, I didn't find it to be that exactly. And maybe that's just a personal preference. Um, also the, I got a little frustrated with the fitting of their pants, especially it seems to be a little frustrating with how some of the fit is. Uh, I ordered the size 32, um, but I had to have them tailored down to a 33 inch waist. Yeah. You, you heard right. Like I had to actually get a 32 inch waist tailored down to a 33. Um, they told me that, you know, some of that was anticipated people wearing these over some type of, um, yeah. Insulation Um, layer, you know, correct. Right. And I think, um, and I think Kuyu is one, and I think that uh, Sitka is, does that a little bit as well, where, um, you know, if you're – their system, right? So let's say if you would normally wear a large T-shirt, you're going to order a large T-shirt, and it will fit like a large T-shirt. But then the next layer up will be a little bit bigger than what it, that is, and then the next layer up will be even a little bit bigger, but it will still stay with large because they base it off right. one item. So I noticed that with some of the Sitka stuff that I have, that um, that in the early season when I wear the the shell, it's a little big, but then when I put the insulation right. layer on underneath of it, it fits almost perfect, and I'm very comfortable. Right, right. Okay. So, um, so a little, you know, but as far as what you bought it for, you're a little frustrated with, with the sizing other than, other than that, I want to step back to the Merino a little bit. Did, okay. You said you weren't, you know, Merino really wasn't your thing. Is it because it kept you hot or it didn't cool you like they said it was what go to detail there? It. I've found, especially compared to synthetic underlayers, that it was a little slower to dry out. Okay. Um, I will say that it um, it seemed to not stink as bad. Right. So, um, you know, that, that was definitely a benefit, um, was that it it didn't get that stink on it, you know, after one or two days, the way that some synthetics do. Right. Right. So now, uh, I guess I never did ask what were the conditions like on this hunt? Probably in the upper thirties. It was in January. There's no, um, there's no season on them in Texas. Uh, so it was in January, late January. And 
it was probably in the upper 20s at night and up to the mid 60s during the day. Okay. All right. So um, were you able to add and take away those layers as it got warmer in the day? And then, you know, you did a lot of hiking. So I, I assume you didn't hike with your jacket on. You, you know, you took Correct. that off to, to move around. And then once you stopped and you threw that stuff, you know, the extra layer on to whether you were glassing, I take it, um, did, did it work like it was supposed to, did it keep you warm after you were already sweating? Did it keep that moisture wicked away? It, it worked very well. Okay. It worked very well. The, uh, the guide vest, I found a little, a little thick, maybe, for, for what I was using it for. And I, I know it's really designed more for like, you know, mountain, um, you know, Northwest territory, sheep hunts, that kind of thing. I, and maybe it was just too much insulation for, for where I was hunting. Okay. All right. But, uh, it, everything else seemed to work very well. The pants wicked very well. The four way stretch worked very well. Um, I think the, the 3d, I think it's 3d, FX is the insulation that they use in their puffies. I didn't find it to be quite as warm as the Primaloft that's used in a bunch of the Sitka stuff. Okay. Um, but I'll, it, it worked reasonably well. Okay. So, you know, I, ultimately you ended up going to, you know, you, you transitioned kind of from Kuyu to Sitka, but, and, and I want to talk about that, but of the of the uh, the gear that you ended up uh, purchasing from Kuyu, overall, did you like it, and would you recommend it to other hunters? I would recommend it for a friend that was going on a you know Northwest Territories doll sheep hunt. Um, stone sheep hunt, something like that. Uh, I can see that system being very at home in some of those mountain conditions. And I know that that is very much what it's designed for. Um, so I can see it performing pretty well in that kind of environment. I think just for the, for the conditions I was hunting in, I didn't find it as versatile as I think I was looking for. Okay. So you you were you were not in as extreme of conditions as maybe th- what they designed it for meaning extremely high winds, extremely cold temperatures, um something similar to that. Correct. Okay. All right. All right. So now, you know, we broke that ice going, you know, the transition from Kuyu to Sitka. And we talked a little bit about it, but were there any other reasons why you decided to go from Kuyu to Sitka? In, I guess, the, the season before I had picked up the Sitka Fanatic jacket and just really liked the way it performed for whitetail hunting mm-hmm. and was a little frustrated with Kuyu on some of the Western hunting. And I thought, well, you know, I'll just, I'll give a uh, a shot. And uh, I really like the way it performs for Whitetail and, and to see if it performs as well on, on the big game line. And I've, I think that it does, if not better. Okay. So explain, 
Okay, so you got the jacket for whitetail hunting, right? And you liked the way right. you, you liked it. And then when you went out west again, it, is this when you were going after the mule deer on that hunt in northeastern New Mexico? Uh, antelope. Antelope, okay. So was that yep. early season or later in the season? It was early season. I would say Labor Day weekend. Okay. So what what did you... Was it what kind of elevation are we talking about on that hunt? Was it cold? What were the conditions? It was uh, about eight, uh, probably eighty five hundred feet, and the the terrain is you know it's up on top of a mesa, so very flat, lots of grassland on top, which is where the antelope hang out, and then it just drops off the sides into like a, a pine. Uh, pine transition into this kind of lower valley at probably 6,500 feet. Okay. So what intense temperatures then were probably lower fifties at night and up to 90 during the day. Okay. So you had a, you had a 40 degree transition there. What, uh, what did you buy from Sitka for that hunt? The mountain pant, the uh, I brought a midweight core series shirt, but also a, a lightweight. I ended up using the lightweight a lot more for that hunt. Yep. Um, and a, a Jetstream light vest and a Jetstream jacket. A Jetstream light vest and a Jetstream. Okay, cool. All right. So, uh, you know, you, you get out there. How did it perform? Performed amazing. Okay, so it, you, uh, it did everything it, it promised and more. Okay, so what were what were some specific things that you liked about uh, you know each item that you know all of a sudden you're like oh my god this is this is awesome. Uh, well, I guess I'll start with the the pants. The pants uh, I had tried a pair of the ascent pants, also made by Sitka. They're a little more lightweight. Uh, a little, um, the, the mountain pants felt a little sturdier and I knew, especially for antelope, you know, lots of just down on your knees crawling around. Um, uh, and there was definitely quite a bit of that. The mountain pants have, uh, I guess a pocket, if you want to call it that to insert knee pads that come with the pants. They're also removable if you want to take them out and they worked amazing. Um, you know, there were times of that hunt that I'd be down on hands and knees for, you know, an hour at a time and, you know, just worked great. So easy on my knees. Um, they worked very well. Okay. So, and you felt that they were durable. Um, did you have, Extremely. did you have anything underneath of those pants while you were hunting out there? No, nothing nope. on, underneath. Uh, okay. Nope. So as you're walking around and it was starting to get warm in the day, did it, did you feel it did a good job of keeping the moisture away from your body? Yes. Okay. So it's, uh, you know, you'd have morning dew walking around and, uh, the, the pants were dry by the time, you know, the sun was up. So they, they, yeah, worked very well. All right. So what about, uh, the next product that, uh, that you had from them? How did it f- perform? The core shirt, the light series core shirt worked great. It also whipped very well. It uh, has a four quarter zip, 
so you could regulate temperature pretty well, just how high you had it zipped up. I really was amazed with how quickly it dried out and how well it insulated in the morning, but then how cool it was even in kind of midday heat. Right. Um, and that, I think, coupled with the Jetstream light vest. So that's pretty much, there's just no insulation to it. It's just their Gore Windstopper fabric layer uh, with a, a camo pattern on top of it. So there's really no insulation to it. Right. But uh, for that purpose, it worked so well. It really cut the wind, kept you warm in the mornings when it would be a little bit breezy, but uh, you know, it didn't really heat you up in the middle of the day worked great and it and it did a similar job as far as uh, keeping the sweat away from you i have to say for for a windproof layer like that i, I kind of felt i'm just gonna put on a trash bag you know it's gonna yeah. it's gonna just keep sweating like crazy but it uh it really did wick sweat very well oh nice so nice yeah all right and then what else the jet stream jacket this was probably, I guess, the most dynamic piece. Um, it had a really, uh, I guess, like a micro-grid fleece interior, um, if you want to call it that, and uh, very lots of pockets, very well laid out, um, would keep you warm in the morning, especially if you had on an insulation layer underneath it. I didn't need it for this hunt. It just didn't, the temperatures weren't that cold. But um, has a hood that works very well, you know, very low profile hood uh, that worked very well for what I was doing. Okay. So, um, uh, did you have an insulation layer? I mean, because I take it you used that for whitetail hunting this past year, then too, right? Correct. Okay. So, did you have? Uh, I guess did you have? Uh, an insulation layer underneath this while you were hunting this year, or did it do its job by itself without uh, an insulation layer? It did its job pretty well, you know, even down to the, to the lower fifties, which was really as, as cool as it got. Uh, mule deer hunting this year should be a little bit colder. So my goal is um, finances permitting to pick up the Kelvin light yeah. puffy and throw it on underneath it. Yeah, you're gonna love. But it. I, I just bought a new bow. Uh, just bought a new bow. I guess about two weeks ago. So cash is running a little <laughs> light right now. <laughs> the uh, the hunting funds so, have been dipped into. Yeah, <laughs> I hear that. I know my exactly my discretionary money is. Yep. So <laughs> might have to start selling some furniture. Right. 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 <laughs> So. Yeah, I'll, you know, I always try to keep a, an unbiased uh, opinion on everything, but I will say, and it's because I am very pleased with it, the Kelvin Light Vest is, you know, and I I took it white t- or uh, elk hunting with me last year. Uh, I maybe okay. used it. I maybe used it twice while, while I was out there because it got cold a couple mornings. Worked worked sure. well, but where I feel it performed was in the tree stand where, you know, you just get beat some days with wind or right. It's just something so thin that perform, you know, provides so much, uh, warmth. And it's not just, it's not just the Kelvin light vest. I'm talking about the, the, the hunting gear in general, which, 
whether it's from, you know, Sitka or Kuyu or First Light or whoever's making it, you know, this stuff right. is designed around the body and how it, you know, reacts to activity or no activity or and temperatures. You know, I, I definitely was the kind of guy who was wearing four hooded sweatshirts during, you know, <laughs> a late November uh, bow hunt and wearing like two pairs of overalls. So I looked like that kid from the Christmas story, you know, run, right. running down the, the street. So, yeah, I, you know, this, this transition, although a bit expensive, you know, and it's something that guys definitely have to plan for. Uh, it's, uh, it's definitely worth its weight in gold, which really isn't a lot because it's light, you know, it's, it's lighter gear, but, uh, absolutely. So, so now, no, and I've, I've done a pretty good job of, uh, you know, you can go on rock slide or some of the slides like that and sell it. Um, and I know there's been a progression to where my system is today. And I, I think as gear junkies, you know, you're always looking to, to tweak your system, make sure it's exactly what you want it to be. Um, and my wife would probably say I'm, I'm wasting my money. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, when you spend as much time in the field, as I would like to. Uh, and I've got two small kids like you, Dan. So some of this is aspirational, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I think when you, whether you spend a lot of time in the stand and that's where you're going to be a lot of the time, or you just don't get a lot of time, but you really want to enjoy the time that you get to spend, uh, you really owe it to yourself to invest in some of the stuff that's going to, you know, make that time more enjoyable. That's going to let you sit there longer um, it's going to keep you dry, keep you warm, um, keep you cool if that's what you're trying to do. Um, and I, I would, I would say, I would admit that I was kind of slow to that camo is gear yeah. mentality, but, but now that I'm here, it's, it's really hard to go back. Yeah. Just it's knowing how much it, it really does do, you right. know, it's definitely a game changer. Uh, so yeah. you know, obviously this is a no brainer, but, um, I want to ask you two questions. One would okay. you would you recommend Sitka to, you know, to a, a hunter, and two, with it being in a more expensive product, what would you recommend doing if maybe you had to do it over again? Where would you start? What would you start with? You know, let's say they have a budget. What would you start with, and then what would you progress your way up to? I would absolutely recommend it without question. Um, I would say start with, I mean, you really want a, just a ground level, great entry in to the Sitka system, their hat. Now their, their ball cap is one of the most comfortable, lightweight, dries quick. If you're out working on tree stands, you know, prepping shooting lanes, doing stuff like that in the summer heat, that's about as cheap an introduction to the system as you can get. Yeah. Um, it's the same material as their ascent pants, um, and it's it's just the most comfortable hat I've ever worn. Um, I mean, you want to take a step above that. The the mountain pants for me were incredible. Um, you know, they have just so many of the well thought out details to it. It's I mean, you really have to put them on and, and hunt in them to really appreciate it. Just like a little a strip of leather where your folding knife would go, uh, you know, more 
anti-abrasive material down by the ankles for your your boots brush your pants you know just stuff like that that you you can tell is is well thought out it's been tried stuff has failed they've done it again and they've finally gotten it figured out yeah so yeah um i would say aspirationally you know the their jackets their soft soft shell jackets whether it's the 90 percent i've never worn that but um i went back and forth between that and jet stream and just for what i wanted to use it for um the jet stream one but uh, that's a pretty fantastic jacket it's it's kind of expensive but it's you know if you're out there it's amazing good so what are you what do you think you're going to pick up next what piece uh, do you think you're going to pick up next well so i've i just transitioned some of my whitetail system as well i started off like i said a, a couple of seasons ago with the stratus bibs and the fanatic jacket and both of those were the original pattern, I guess, the forest, the forest pattern, um, which was a great pattern for me. It was, uh, you know, I do most of my whitetail hunting in live oak cedar trees that are super green, still have green leaves on them, even in December. Uh, so I loved it, but uh, the new pattern, the elevated twos, I think is really diverse. It's a great pattern as well. Um, I, I really like the Stratus bibs. I like the Fanatic jacket for where I hunt, it was just a little too warm actually. Yeah. So I've transitioned to the fanatic light bib and the fanatic light jacket. Okay. Nice. Nice. So are you, it's almost like this gear, right? It's, you know, whether it's a bow or it's a broadhead or it's a pair of socks or something that, that you're purchasing that is supposed to do better than what you previously had. I found that right. that is getting me jacked up for the, this upcoming season, you know, on top of how jacked up I already am. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I'm a straight up gear junkie. I love tweaking this kind of stuff and I, I love getting excited about um, I, I think it's a way to look forward to the season when you're getting your gear prepped out and you're thinking it out and then trying to plan for the season. It, it really gets you in the mood and gets you excited about the season. Absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I tell you what, I really appreciate you taking time once again to uh, come on the show. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, let me be the first to wish you good luck this upcoming season. Well, thank you very much, Dan. You as well. You as well. Once again, another podcast in the books, and this week comes to an end. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show and uh, maybe gained a little bit more information about some of the products that we talked about today. First off, I want to thank, obviously, you, the listener, for uh, downloading and clicking and doing whatever it is that you do to get, uh, you know, to get the podcast to go into your ears and into your brain. And then I want to, I want to thank Joffrey for uh, taking time out of his day to uh, come on the show and talk about those products. And another huge shout out to Exodus Trail Cameras for, uh, you know, believing in the podcast. Again, visit their website. Nine finger. Whoa, that's mine. Okay, it's uh, it's real late, and I'm really tired. But uh, Exodus Trail Cameras, ExodusOutdoorGear.com, and uh, check out their gear. Other than that, I hope everybody has a great weekend. If you haven't already, go to iTunes, leave a review. 
Uh, follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, have a great weekend. And if you do decide to get in a tree, wear your damn safety harness. Have a good weekend.